0: Welcome to Nobody Told Me That, your source for candid business talk and stories. Your host is speaker and author Teresa Duncan. Sit back, buckle up, and hang on. back with another episode of Nobody Told Me That. I am excited to have one of my good friends on here, Ginny Hegarty. Ginny, how are you? Doing great. Doing great. Ginny is one of the consultants out there who are just exceptional at leading employees and teams and doctors through change. And, you know, it's funny, years ago when I met Ginny, she was just like this HR expert that I always watch. And she, she had an article in, I think, DPR, the Dental Products Report, or that one of the big dental magazines. You had a regular article for a long time. And so I would read her. And, you know, I was like, wow, Ginny Haggerty is amazing. And then when I got to meet her in person, she couldn't have been more down to earth than anybody else. So I don't think I've don't think i ever told Ginny that, but I was like, oh my God, Ginny Haggerty. And now I can count her as one of my very, very dear friends. She's in the mastermind with me and Rita Zamora and we meet on a regular basis and talk about our businesses. And I appreciate that time to do that because it lets us relax. I know many of our office managers that listen and many of our doctors are in study clubs like that. And that is so valuable. So I just wanted to bring on somebody from my inner circle who I trust and who I know gives exceptional advice because I think in this time of COVID and pandemics and stuff that we only watched in movies and now it's here in our lives, I wanted to have a voice of reason, not just for me because she's totally my voice of reason, but for you all because she comes from a different point of view in that she's very good at looking at a problem Breaking it down and then calmly giving you the steps to get yourself out of whatever mess that you're in. And I'm a good friend of hers, so you know I'm in a lot of messes, and so she talks me off the ledge a lot of times. So, <laughs> so, 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 Ginny, first of all, how are you handling being home and uh, you know just all of this? How are you handling it?
1: Well, you know, I think like everybody else, it's all a work in progress, right? Um, but I, uh, I am extremely blessed. Um, I'm safe. I'm comfortable, I'm happy, you know, um, newly married, that helps, right? (laughs) Um, My kids are safe. That's, my family's all safe. That's, and I I love being able to check in whether it's in person. Uh, Well, it's not in person anymore, right? Unless we're looking at each other on a screen, but I love being able to check in with all of my friends and colleagues and know that they're well too, you know, and for the ones who are having some struggles, you know to be able to be there for them hold them in my thoughts and prayers um, yeah it's it's something none of us have ever been through before and yet i think when we realize we've all been through crisis we've all been there for people we love right so we just need to go back to that mindset and those skills and and that helps it certainly helps
0: the the tools and the strategies are similar it's just that the the paint on the walls is different we and i think a lot of times what i'm hearing and you know getting calls and reading on facebook i'm hearing that everybody's very scared right now because this is so unprecedented we've dealt with with so many changes already nobody knows the right answer to so many things Um, but in the end it is change management at its core And that's why I wanted to have you on because you are, you know, that's, you coach so many people through that, including myself. I don't know about you, but I went through a period where I felt like I was grieving. I mean, it really is, it felt like a real grieving process. You know, I was scared, I was angry, I was confused. I mean, all of that. Is that part of your idea of change management? Well, I think it's very natural.
1: And I think many of us will admit to the same thing. It felt, and does in, in some ways still feel very heavy, right? Because so much is unknown, because it's unraveling, because almost every action we naturally take has to be questioned now. Are we doing the best we can to protect ourselves, to protect our loved ones? You know, the things we naturally do, we can't just naturally do anymore, right? So in that spirit, um, yes, I think we're all going through a process of Figuring out what's the best approach here for me. Um, I think one of the best things that we can do is to decide how we're going to take all the information in. So are we, are we learning and growing or are we just consuming? Because I think when it all first started happening, part of what led to the heavy and the grief feeling was the 24-7 news cycle of all these things that are happening and all the things that are out of our control right Mm -hmm. and you can find yourself just feeling like what's the next hit of news I'm looking for you know and and you're just consuming everything that you can get but I think when for me to be able to take a deep breath and say okay am I listening to facts or opinions and if it's opinions I respect them but right now they're unfounded. None of us know the answer, right? So for us to realize there's a lot of uncertainty here. So we need to go back to what we know to be true, right? And what we know to be true is what can we bring to the situation to help? So if I'm trying to learn and grow, I'm gonna look at the news differently. I'm gonna watch my social media feeds differently. Now, as things are happening within dentistry, there are a lot of rumors that are getting started And it's well-intentioned. I don't think anybody is sitting at home saying, what can I add to the mix here that will make people feel worse, (laughs) right? Of course they're not doing that. But what's happening is if we're consumers of news, then we get it and we react. We're just sponges, right? Instead, if critical thinking, critical skills and judgment is what really helps us to be leaders and influencers, right? And I think the biggest role that we can have right now those of us who, who enjoy that leadership role and being able to help, and I think on a certain level, that's everybody, right, is how can we be a role model for people, Okay, which requires us to say, okay, I'm going to be a learner, I'm going to move forward based on things I know to be true, and I'm going to stay
0: focused. I see what you mean because you're you're saying, you know, abs- watch what you absorb, take it with a grain of salt and do your own critical thinking on that. So as an industry, it's it's interesting because everybody is looking up to the ADA for all of the answers. And the ADA is looking up to the government and to the legislation for the answers. And everybody wants something concrete and we're just not at that point yet. So people are, <clears throat> excuse me, upset at the ADA. Then they go to Facebook and it kind of builds, right? Then people are upset at all of the weird CPA advice that they're getting because it's been different. I mean, I don't think any CPA is out there giving bad advice, like you said. It just changes. I mean, gosh, every like every day there's a new ruling, and we have to interpret that, right? So I think it's natural to have this frustration that you want to trust people, but, you know, tomorrow that expert might be saying something completely different, which is, what's been happening on the HR front. I mean, I, I feel for all of the HR companies out there who are trying to stay on top of this on a regular basis. Let's bring it down to the practice. So as a doctor or a manager being the team leader, is it important to take all that information and distill it to the practice, even though it's unknown, like almost a, hey, heads up, this is what's going on? Or would you rather... Would you rather wait until you know something concrete? I mean, how how much contact is too much contact? How much updating is too much updating? Good question. Because
1: as you know, with the, uh, the speed at which information is coming out, you could be constantly doing that, right? Uh, constantly updating people. But I think the biggest thing that leaders can bring is a sense of order and calm, right? So things I have been on... Webcasts where people are talking, and you can tell they have something in their ear, and they're saying, "Wait a minute, we just got an update, right? This is so fluid. Everything I just said two minutes ago, never mind. That just came.. Right? So, I think we, we do have to realize this is a work in progress, right? So the biggest thing is, when this is all said and done, it's about people. How are we supporting the people we care about, the people we love, right? And I would like people to be thinking, because this helps me lead my focus. What do you want to be your lasting impact? You know, we all know the famous quote of, it's not what you say or do, it's how you make people feel. How will your people closest in your life feel when they look back at what you provided, what your role in it was? And I think that's an important question for our teams and our doctors, right? When it's all said and done, we will all get back to work. We might not all be in the same place or doing the same thing, but we will all get back to a productive life. We will all get back to making a living. But I think if we look back on the difficult things in our lives, we've all faced difficulties. We've all had moments where there was great grief that came upon us and we worked through it. But we also had some very sweet moments Sweet memories from those difficult times. Those are the things that fill up our hearts, you know. And in the course of loss, we all fear loss, loss on many different levels right now. But we also are human. And if we can be thinking, what's the lasting impact? What do I want people to remember about how I led through this? Can I leave this situation, whatever it is today, better than the way I found it? And I think
0: giving people hope is what does when the offices get back together say there's no staffing changes it's the same office same team they've managed to weather the storm that team is not the same and so is that something a leader needs to acknowledge in the beginning because i would think the team's going to come back with a whole different set of concerns you know whether it's infection control whether it's is my job safe i mean I just don't think the teams that left and closed their doors are the same mentally as the ones that are going to come back. How am I supposed to broach the subject and how am I supposed to, I guess, allay their fears on, on that type of, I guess, that type of thinking? I mean, it's, it's scary. It's real.
1: I think one of the main things that you can do is not wait until that time. We don't know, is that going to be May, June, July? You know, uh, we don't know when that's going to be, but If we care about people, we have to do two things. We have to do everything we can to protect them. And then we have to stay connected. And that's something that's interesting because Mm -hmm. the protect part is we follow our our leaders who are our national leaders who are telling us that we need to flatten the curve. We need to to social distance and stay at home and, you know, not stay involved um, in our normal routines. And we have to do that to flatten the curve of the pandemic. But we can't do that if we want to continue with the same kind of energy and vitality in our businesses and our personal lives. So we just have to find new ways to connect. So if your team isn't together now, if you're not a skeleton crew touching base every day, right, still stay in touch. Do a Zoom call just to say, hey, how's everybody doing? How are the kids? You know, how are the pets doing? How's, you know, how are your parents? You know, how are you coping with this, you know? There are things that you know about your team that you can just have personal conversations about. Okay, what's the latest thing you baked? You know, I need some recipes. You know, um, or what? Whatever's going on. There are ways that you can stay connected with people, and I think that's you know. Some people are starting to say, don't call it um, social distancing. Call it physical distancing. You know, we can't be in the same place, but we can. I mean. You and I are looking at each other right now, right? Because that, that eye-to-eye, face-to-face makes a difference. I watch on my social media feed. I see the photos of different um, practices that have all their team members up on the Zoom calls, and they're seeing each other and connecting. My sister, over the weekend, she has four children who all live in different states, and they had all of them up on the screen. And so it's the four families and her, and they were actually playing games. You know, like one person had the control on the board and they were moving everybody. And so they just, they had the same kind of family reunion they would have had in person got to do it that way. So I think if we brainstorm, what are some of the ways that we can stay in touch just on a human level, you know, just on a personal level,
0: because we care about them, right? What about the one team member that hasn't responded to anything? What is the concern with that team member? when you're not connected, you can't help in any way, right?
1: If you have reached out and called, I think calling is much better than texting right now or emailing. I think if you can even just say, let's get a call together and everybody jump on. Now you may do that via text or email, but I think that in normal circumstances, our intentions can be misunderstood in a text or an email, right? We all know that. There are times when people read it and they're like, that's not what I meant, right? So if we can try to get people into a FaceTime or a a Zoom call or a Google Hangout or something where we can see each other, that's great. But the person who doesn't ever come to that or respond to that, I pick up the phone and call them and just say, hey, checking in, concerned about you, want to make sure you're okay, anything I can do to help. And that's a little scary for doctors and leaders right now because we're in a tough situation and we have to bring a great deal of
0: compassion to that situation. So I guess whoever, whomever is the person in the office that would normally have done that should do that. Like if your doctor pretty much delegated everything to the manager, perhaps the manager should do that. But I also think as a business owner, you know, I don't have employees anymore, but I would certainly have wanted to reach out just so I know what's going on. I agree. I don't think dentists should go, well, you know, I'm not good at that kind of stuff. I, I think this is the time to grow a little bit and make that effort. I think that's what's going to be remembered in the, the long run. I have my own idea, but
1: what do you think is the main reason why
0: a dentist would not want to reach out personally? I'm, think the uncomfortable question is going to come up, which is, uh, when are we reopening? Because then that comes up with the dentist is going to want to reopen as soon as they can. The team members right now are scared. And, you know, infection control is paramount. I know a lot of assistants are concerned with that. So the uncomfortable question of when do we go back to work? And do I have to come back at that time? There's a whole bunch of unemployment concerns with that, too. And we can talk about that later. But also, there's a lot of dentists who are aware that they don't connect on a regular basis with their employees. I mean, if it's a four person office, of course they do. But, you know, if it's a 20 it's, it's op practice, you probably aren't connecting with them on a regular basis and you feel like you don't know them. So now all of a sudden you're calling them. So I think dentists are kind of very self-conscious about that. Like she's going to wonder why I'm calling her. Well, no, that this is when you should call her. So I, I feel like the uncomfortable conversations are what's keeping the conversations from happening.
1: The only way to get through that is to do it. If you are thinking, "What's my lasting impact?" You can look at it from a couple perspectives. Do I just want to be a good human being here? I care about this person, right? They work side by side with me. Even if it's a 20 team practice or a 40 team practice, I work with many of those that are very tight, and you know, they they all care about each other and love each other, right? And they stay on top of things. So you want to connect from a human level, but if you The other major concern, and my heart goes out to dentists for this, that they have is protecting the viability of their practice, right? So how can I be sure that we can all be there? Each of us is, when we're a team member, is responsible for our own family, right? And that's very scary when the income is gone and the security is gone. But I would say put yourself in the shoes of the dentist owner right now. And if there are 20 people on that team, that dentist is supporting at least 21 families, right? So you know the pressure that they must be feeling in terms of every decision I make here is going to have an effect that reverberates, right? And so they want to do the best they can. So our natural tendency, the way our brains work, is that when we get scared. When we find ourselves in crisis, we self-protect. We immediately narrow our focus to me, myself, I, my family, everything right here. We only see what's right in front of us. And that's what we're trying to protect, right? That's how we survive, right? So that is the first thing we do. When the dentist does that, their sphere of influence is bigger. So what they're trying to manage is bigger, right? So they have to make the decision that's going to have the best impact on everyone. That doesn't mean it's going to be easy for anyone, right? And that's that's really hard. So I think our dentists going into this thinking, can I reach out, are afraid of some of that pushback, afraid they're not going to have the answers. But at the same time, as human beings, we want to take care of people. And the best thing we can do on both levels, whether it just be as a human or as a business owner, is to reach out and care about the people that we're we're with and care about them as a person, not just as a member of the team. I think it might help our dentists to realize you don't have to have the answers. You can't have the answers right now. The only answer is we will come back when we know it is safe and that I can take care of all of you and our patients. In the meantime, there is a safety net here. You know, so if you are in the unemployment system, you know, there's, it's not everything you want it to be, but it's a safety net, right? And I think if we're thinking as a, an employee, part of what I started to hear was, well, if my dentist is going to ask me, what do I need? I'm going to say my full paycheck. right? (laughs) And the reality is, yes, you do. And so does the dentist, he or she, right? Everybody would like to have that. But given that we're in this tough situation here, I think we have to look to say, you don't have to have the answer. You you don't have to even feel responsible. You didn't create the virus. You didn't create the situation. And you're doing the best you can to help as many people as you can, right? So I think to be able to reach out on a personal level and just check in, some people may not be ready for that. So we have to respect that. And some people are going to vent. Right? And we have to respect that, too. You know, as leaders, we can rise above that and realize I'm going to give them their space and I'm going to show compassion here. If it makes them feel better to be able to vent, then go right ahead. That's why I'm here. Right. And then we offer whatever help we can. But I'm going to say have a little bit of distance there in that don't take it personally, because this is their reaction and they their emotion, and that's real, right? So, But you just have to come from a place where you know you've made these decisions very deliberately. And for dentists, I think the biggest thing that they need to do is go to the experts, right? There's a lot of great guideline information that's out right now. So many people are doing what they can to offer guidance, right? But the best guidance is guidance that is particular to your situation. If you hear somebody from a different state or a different business model, you know, and you take that recommendation and put it in place, it might not be the right information for you. So I think you hear these things and what they do is help you come up with the best questions so that when you speak to your financial team, to your accountants or planners, when you speak to your um, HR or your attorneys, you know the questions to ask, right, which will help you get through the conversation better and easier. You have some research you can do. Don't try to go it on your own. We know many times dentists feel like if it's going to be, it's up to me, right? So they
0: they take it all on. But here's a time
1: when you really do need guidance from the expert.
0: Well, and the experts are there. I think though there's a lot of not quite experts that are out there with a voice and you need to take them with a grain of salt. I, for me, I've, I've been listening to the whole conversation on on social media on you know LinkedIn and Facebook and, and all of that blogs and other podcasts, but I'm really looking to the CPAs and the HR companies for the expertise and the ADA, of course, you know, I check their site daily because they're constantly updating it, but I can't, As much as i respect dr smith who i've known for years i can't take his advice unless i verify it otherwise and and it goes back to you know the people who are loud on social media you know most of the time they have good stuff to be loud about and it's i'm thankful for their voices but sometimes there's not accurate voices out there in the mix too so i think we have to do our due diligence like you said research and and that is a critical skill right now that you're going to need whether you're an employee looking for unemployment information, whether you know you're a doctor looking for you know what's coming down the, road in, down the road in infection control, the people in the Facebook groups are going to give you input, but they're not going to give you the answers really. So I think it's important to vet those sources. Now, I've been checking in with my old clients, you know, just wondering how they're doing. I'm it's slow. I'm going you know one or two a day. How are your clients handling all of this?
1: they're doing the best they can and we have to realize people are doing the best they can they are looking for some direction what's the best i can do here you know and i'm i'm sharing with you the protect protect the people that you care about protect the business as best you can go to the expert do your research and then have your conversations and i have been referring people like there's a couple different things even just from my own perspective i'm talking to my own accountant. I'm also speaking to my own attorney for anything I need to have in place. But I also have an attorney that I work with who has a healthcare practice focused on dentistry. And when I reached out to him for some of these conversations, he said, just be sure to share with people that we are not trying to make a profit right now. You know, We're trying to cope the same as everyone else. We're doing all the research. We have all the experts out there doing it. And there may be a charge, but it's going to be very cost effective for people if they need help. And that's what I think most people are afraid of. Oh my gosh, I can't get into all these additional costs. But when somebody's helping you in that regard to get the best information, and that's my guidance to my clients is don't, make a short-term decision now that's going to have long-term consequences that you didn't know about, right? So engage an employment uh, attorney, engage somebody who knows dentistry, who can help you with your specifics. And they're going to need to ask you a few questions to understand your specifics and then go from there.
0: Maybe if I could get the names of those people that you are trusting, because I think an, a lawyer in dentistry is really valuable. And you know, I'm, I'll put my resources as well in the bottom of the show notes. But Jenny, if I could get that information from you afterwards, I'll add that in too. Because um, it is important to share the resources. And, and I totally agree about the making a profit. Accountants have to be paid. Even consultants, us offering that kind of information have to be paid. But I think across the board, people are being very lenient with that. Oh, absolutely. And I think because we're all in this together, I like to say it's very similar to how the country was post nine eleven, but as we go on, this is not to minimize nine eleven, but there was a finite element to nine eleven where, you know, it happened and now we're dealing with the aftermath. We're still in the attack, as it were. I'm doing air quotes, we're still in the middle of the attack. So we really don't know where to go from here. So I think having reasonable voices and resources is half the battle because you know at least who to go to when you do need to go to them. That, I think that's a source of comfort for me, you know, having those people. And, and you're one of my resources too, because you're also a human resources expert. You have a SHRM. Do you want to tell people what a SHRM is? Well, SHRM happens to be the
1: uh, Society of Human Resource Management, and that's an organization that does tremendous work. My certification is actually an SPHR which is the senior professional in human resources, you know, in any way that I can help there, absolutely happy to. My focus in human resources has been on the people, right? And the leadership and helping people through change management.
0: You know, I didn't even think about it. Is, has Sherm been providing a lot of updates on their site? Absolutely. Oh, gosh, I didn't even think about that. And listeners, I will link that in the show notes. I bet it's S H. RM Sherm if you just google it you'll find it but I'll definitely link it in the show notes. I totally didn't even think about that. What a what a great resource. Let's say that the virus has decided to go away, it's run its course, it's just, you know, whatever. So we're going back in and we now have to we have to deal with our teams, right? So do you I mean, I don't want to put you on the spot so much because I know every office is going to have its own timeline. So somebody's first 30 days may not be you know, the same as everybody else's, but as a leader, what am I doing the first little bit when we got everybody back in the office? So I'm going to actually move even further ahead than the
1: first or further back, right? Those first 30 days, we're all coming back. Some of us are going to come back faster and stronger than others. And I think what we do now is what's going to make the biggest difference. So don't wait until the date has been announced to stay in touch with your team and your patients. Be in touch with them now. I would say once a week, reach out. Your patients once a week through email, social media, any of your social connection software that you have, so that you are an, you're in their realm, right? You're still on the radar with them. With the team, if you have your skeleton crew there, there's much you can do in, the ter- in terms of both personal and professional development, right, with the team. I have one client who the whole team, this week, they've spent six hours a day in continuing education online, they're like, okay, we're hunkering down. These are courses we wanted to take. They're available. We're taking them, right? There are some who are working from home and can do some online education. There are others who, if they're on their own, just encourage them. What books are you reading, right? I have a book club that we we are planning a Zoom meeting because we couldn't have our regular meeting, right? So on a personal level, what are you reading that fills you up? What are you reading that teaches you something new? I think continuing education in dentistry is what keeps things full of energy and enthusiasm. And it just, you know, there's so much that's new and good and changing. And that's what provides the passion on a normal basis, right? So let's go back to the fundamentals. You know, so many people are saying, what's the new thing we can do? We already have our thing. We know what works. So let's go back to education, personal development, professional development, and add that to the mix now. So when we do that, if it's six weeks or eight weeks
0: or, you know, whatever it is, whenever that time is, we're going to come back stronger. So right now there's, I mean, I don't want to say there's a lot of downtime because some offices are actually really busy doing stuff. The whole manual thing, the whole process manual, those SOPs, and all of that. I know you're really good at at helping with that. I I learned a lot from you about that, but is that something that they could work on? I mean, is that one of those things that they could work on? And and I guess, is there anything that you would add to that because of these different times? Absolutely, you can work on that. I think the best thing to work on
1: is what your team has decided is the best thing to work on, right? One thing that's really important as a leader is not to micromanage this change. You don't have all the answers. And even if you did, right, the team will be much more willing if they're part of creating it, okay? People support what they help create. Those are some of the most important words you're ever going to learn as a leader. Say it again, because I just interrupted you. Say it again. People support what they help create. I love it. Okay. So I use that even with the basic job description. I'm one of those geeks that think a job description is really fun and exciting. (laughs) Everybody else has them on the shelf with dust on them, but it's how we set clear expectations. It's how we honor what people are doing and how they're growing. Right. And I agree with changing them at least once a year, but I don't say, here's your new job description. I say, let's take a look at the, the old one. And can you go through that and edit for me? Add in what you're now doing that you weren't previously doing. Cross off what you're no longer doing. Our procedures, our materials, our technology changes constantly, right? So we can't expect somebody to meet our expectations for them if we haven't outlined them. So have that person work on their job description, bring it back to you, and you certainly can do final edits on it. But having them involved in the process, it's now their job description they helped create. So use that same philosophy when you step into whatever changes you're going to work on right now. How do we shore things up? You know, how do we spark some growth here within the practice? And if your operations manuals need work, why not? Why not go in there? Because for every change that you've had in your process, you need to document it. Now, some people will just because that's the way it's gonna work out, some people will not come back to the same positions. The goal of an operations manual is to capture the knowledge so that when a team member leaves, the knowledge doesn't leave with them. For those doctors who are saying, okay, I've got a team or I'm thinking maybe I should hire a team for certain hours a week to both keep them active and to help everyone, if we're all in it together, we all have to, to help, right? If you can be working right now on reviewing those manuals, one of the best things you can do is say, let's all get together and create the table of contents. What does that need to look like? And then can we take that table of contents and separate into areas of expertise and have people work on it. If anybody wants a basic, you know, protocol sheet, I'm happy to provide that for them, that they can okay. to get that started,
0: right? Okay, that's good. So Jenny's offering a, a protocol sheet for that, for the operations manual. And I want to be clear to everybody, this is not your human resource policy manual. This is your standard operating procedure manual. So that, which goes over it's SOP. A lot of you will hear it called SOP and it goes over, you know, what are the, what are the ways that you do things in the practice?
1: Yeah. And the, the specifics so that if you're bringing somebody new in, then they know. And one of the hardest things, like everybody knows it's hard to be shorthanded, right? Mm-hmm. But the hardest part of the cycle is the first three weeks after you hired somebody. I agree. Now, Hard because you technically are still shorthanded because you're training and you're training in addition to that. So it can feel really hard, right? If you have a training manual that's crisp, it's up to date, and it really documents well, oh boy, is that going to save you some time because then your teams can be using that. So, and that's good practice in a normal time. But the challenge in a normal time is. How do I create these protocols and constantly update them? We're so busy. We're not so busy right now. Yeah, so I'm thinking two things. When this is all done, how do we want this to look when we go back? And I'd like us to have skilled up so that we have new support and resources there to help us. And I'd like us to know that we stayed together as a team. We connected and we protected. Those are the two things that we can do. And most of all, realize this helps me a lot. I go back to Stephen Covey all the time. Seven Habits, Highly Effective People. One of his things is I am not a product of my circumstances. I'm a product of my decisions. And that really rings true for right now because we can be consumers of news and really just feel like the heavy stay with us. Or we can say, okay, I will check in with the news. I will update my team at least once a week, maybe every other day, but I'm not going to pepper people with the same news I'm getting, you know, where it's constantly changing, right? Have a little bit of time to step back, think critically, and decide what the most important information is, but I'm going to set a focus. One of the things that I I love about what I do is that people can apply it both to their personal life and to their work life. I hear that from my clients all the time. Oh my gosh, I my husband and I are having a whole different conversation now because I used one of the the exercises that you gave us or the the thought change process that you gave us. You know, I'm doing this with my kids, you know? Yeah. And it's fun. And when we can see it work with the kids, then we can imagine how it works with our coworkers. And, you know, once we see something work, then we start to feel confidence. So Let's work on competence, which will build our confidence. That's a loop that we go through all the time. I'd like us to be working on that now.
0: Well, With all of the moms and dads who are now staying at home and dealing with their kids, they may need your services more than ever. So, (laughs) There's a lot of surprise parenting going on right now. (laughs) Our our good friend Rachel Wall, I saw something on her, Inspired
1: Hygiene is her company, but I saw something on her social media site where she said, we are actually having huddles every morning with the kids. That's awesome. <laughs> I, so for you, Rachel and Matt. That's a great thing to do, where they're setting the focus. What are we going to do today, right? So we're taking these skills, and our team members have these skills. We're taking these skills. We're bringing them
0: home. That's so no Rachel. I love no it. Rachel, right? <laughs> wow.
1: I think that even if we don't have children at home who have schooling that they need to do, what's your focus for yourself? Some people, it's it's just them. Some people, it's them and their spouse, Right. So, what's your focus in any given day? And I don't think that we should allow any one thing to drive how it all feels to us. Because whatever we focus on, that's what we're going to feel, right? My my favorite hack for all of this is be really careful what you say after you say I am. I am upset. I am confused. I'm angry. I'm I don't know what to do, right? because the, the brain science, neuroscience teaches us that our subconscious thinks we are brilliant, right? It just follows whatever we say. So I don't know what to do. You're gonna feel that throughout the day and you're gonna constantly find confirmation of it. So it's is prior COVID. One of the things that I used to say when I was helping team members understand this is I would say, remember all the way back to high school when you had that breakup, and the next morning you turned on the radio and every single song <laughs> was about your breakup.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh, you're so right. I'm going straight back into the 80s with that. Oh my gosh.
1: <laughs> the universe knows what I went through, right? You know, it's something as simple as you go and look at a dress and you don't buy it, but everywhere you go, you're seeing that dress or that absolutely. Absolutely. Whatever we're focused on, whatever's renting space in our brain, that's what we're going to grow and build and feel. Right now, I think... it's really important that we say okay i've been through crisis before and i've come through what do i know to be true right now i am a resilient person i will figure this out i'm very competent and i have very competent friends and experts and colleagues and together we're going to do this right so i think if we if we put that hack in place we consciously have to do that we then become a role model for the people around us and when they look back they're going to say i'm so glad.'" That you helped me see that because now here it is two months later, three months later, we're getting back to work. And I don't feel like I just took the summer off and I have to remember last year's algebra. Right. I feel like I'm back and strong and we've stayed connected.
0: So that's what I I want for you. With that being said, because you're talking about being a leader to your team and and making sure that you you know stay connected with them, I just want to say to the managers and doctors who are listening, it's okay though for you to take a break from that. There is a lot of pressure being the manager, being the practice owner to constantly be positive. And some of us, are, it's easier for others. <laughs> it's easier for some than others. And uh, it's okay for you to shut down for a couple hours, go watch whatever is on Netflix or whatever and take the burden off of yourself because i think I, jenny i think you would agree if you're supporting person 100% of the time there's no time for self-care as well and that's super important in these times
1: so yeah. when you have your morning meeting your huddle whether it's with yourself or with your kids right i think you should be looking at 3 to 5 categories so family what are we doing today for family and friends what are we doing for self-care or wellness okay what are we doing for just Flat out fun. And then what are we doing for personal development, professional development? And there may be days where you say, okay, development just went out the window because today it's going to be all about wellness, family, friends, and fun. Go for it. I think if we do that, we're going to create some wonderful memories. And that's part of this. We want the sweet memories that go along with the sadness or the challenge that could be going on right now. But if we do that every day, all day... (laughs) we're going to say, wow, I did have an opportunity. I'm sorry, I wasn't focused on the development piece. Not to be, you know, I'm not a Netflix junkie. <laughs> and I, know, I know some people are, and I think that's awesome, right? I think you do whatever fills you up, but I think find some room in there for the development too, and supporting both yourself and your the people that you care about, right? So protect and connect, and then have a plan so that you can focus your time so that it's rewarding and you feel like you are a product of your decisions. You are making some good decisions here that are filling you up instead of just feeling like you are a consumer of everything that's happening.
0: No kidding. Yeah, I mean, it really is being just um, spoon fed if you are force fed, actually, if you're watching the news all the time. I mean, I usually when I'm working, I usually have the news on in the background just so I can look up every now and then see what the stock market is, see what the headlines are. And now when I look up, I'm I'm watching it and I have to stop myself because again, I'm just taking it all in and the numbers haven't changed that much. And I need to stop looking at it. Right. So you went over the perceived timeline for when the team goes back to work and all of that. Um, I want to ask you a very kind of specific question, but I think it's going to be specific to a lot of our leaders. Right now, I'm hearing from many office managers that are either not coming back or they're planning on stepping out of that role and i think a lot of doctors are going to come back i think most doctors will come back with their teams i do but i think there are some doctors out there who are going to come back and realize that they don't know the management side of it because somebody took care of it or maybe it's changed completely and we have all these new rules and regulations that we have to do this uh, we have to do nowadays post-covid is there some advice you would give to a doctor who now is walking in and it's a brand new world no help in sight now it's all them Is there, I mean, how would you, I know you've had clients like this. How do you, how do you coach them through that first? How do you coach them off the ledge? I guess is what I'm saying.
1: (laughs) I certainly in normal times when some practices are thriving, I have heard from doctors who said, I just fired everybody. I'm starting over or everybody just quit. I'm starting over. Now what? So we've had these situations before. These are things that we have worked through. The most important thing for any doctor who has a change that feels really big to them is not to say, How do I do this all by myself? It's to say, How can I help? Who can I go to? Right? Because a doctor who's been focused on the dentistry, and we know that is the main reason most doctors got into dentistry, is they love that aspect, the clinical aspect, the impact they can have with patients, but they wear many different hats as well. So for the doctor who is Mainly focused on building their clinical skills, their competence in that level. It's one of the reasons why I wrote Pivot a few years back, because the number one question I have gotten from doctors for 30 years has been, "Can I just do the dentistry?" So the doctor coming back into the practice right now is thinking, "Oh no, <laughs> I want to just do the dentistry. You know, I actually miss doing it, and now I have this." Well, the answer is yes, you can just do the dentistry if you get the leadership in place. So learn some skills, learn some leadership skills, but then reach out to people who can help you. You can, I promise you, I have never, ever heard from a doctor who needed a team member and we weren't able to find one. There are good people out there and the the people who might not be coming back, they're still good people too. You have to respect the fact that they made a decision that was best for them and their families at this time.
0: It, it does take a while to find the right person, absolutely. But they're there. They're out there. I firmly believe they're out there. I want to add on to that advice. Uh, if you're an associate dentist, you're probably going to go right back into things and, and be very busy. And again, don't burn out. But if an, as an owner dentist, I think it's really important for you not to fill at least one hour a day. The... Temptation is going to be to pack your schedule because you want to see everybody that needed to be seen. But if you're an owner dentist actively involved in the management finances and all of that, give yourself an hour a day, not just lunch, but you know, maybe take an hour and a half lunch. But you need to pay attention to the legalities that are going to keep coming because it's not going to stop once you go back into the practice. And you are going to have to look at things like your inventory, whether or not that's that's working for you. You could do it now but also you are going to have a lot of things come at you that you weren't expecting. So don't fill, the temptation is to fill your schedule, try to resist that because that get that little 45 minutes to an hour that you give yourself, I guarantee you, you will not just be sitting around, you will be doing something as an owner dentist. So I'm afraid of burnout down the road. I'm afraid that we're going to get to October and November, and I'm going to hear from my manager friends. I need a vacation. It's been worse than I can imagine, or whatever. Or some some will be no. This is great. We've been able to reset, and I, I you use the term recalibrate a lot, and that's that's going to be great. And I apologize for not talking about your book because your book is fantastic. So it, that's what happens when you're really familiar with the people you have on your show. You kind of forget that they've done all these amazing things. So I will link in the show notes to Jenny's book. It is called Pivot. You can find it on Amazon, right? I think I've seen it on Amazon, but I. I know I can get it um, from you as well. Your, webs- your website, which I'll link. When you when things go back to normal, let's just say relatively normal, how often should they be having a big meeting around the team? So I know you're you're very good at saying we need to meet on a regular basis. We need to share goals and all of that. I know you were doing in-person pivot groups with the offices. At what point do you think offices are going to be ready to make huge changes again once they get back into the swing of things?
1: Well, I wouldn't say huge, right? I think we deal with things as we learn about them. And we, instead of coming to the team to say, this is what we're going to do, because that puts so much weight on the doctor, for them to remember people support what they help create. So prior to going back, when you have a date, Get together and say, all right, so what's on everybody's mind? What do you all think is most important as we go through this? So let's just brainstorm it all and we can separate it into categories after that and then we can put it into action steps so we can know how to step into it. I promise you, the brain power in your Zoom meeting or your FaceTime meeting is going to be greater than just what you could come up with on your own, right? So you're certainly going to have the impact of colleagues, I would think. And that's that's something that's really, we didn't mention yet, but I think we should be keeping up with colleagues as well. So, you know, who else is going through this and understanding it better than another practice owner? So reach out to your study groups or to your local referring doctors and, you know, new doctors that just started and, and be there, you know, for each other. But then come to your team and let them be a part of creating what this is going to look like. And then plan when you're you're going to need to be in the office sometime prior to seeing patients, right? Because there's changes you're going to need to make. And it could be as simple as rearranging a reception room. You, you might not be able to have the chairs right where they are. You may need to have some new uh, informed consent or uh, new medical uh, forms, intake forms. There's so many sterilization procedures. We don't know what those changes are going to be. But I would say whenever we get the date, I would plan whether it be an online meeting or an in, and then eventually an in-person meeting. Don't try to do it all at once, but let the team be a part of that process. And then once you're back in the practice, I agree with you, do not pack your days, right? Many doctors are already thinking they're going to extend their hours. If they worked four days, they're going to work five. I think it's important that we do all come back strong, and that maybe you you know, you know want to make a, a policy that there's not going to be any time off for a period of time. I need all hands on deck for this period of time, and then we can start talking about trips and vacations, right? And there can always be an exception to a rule, but I think if we get everybody in the same mindset to say we're all back, we're all here, we may even have to entertain the idea of overtime so that we can get back. But I think do it very deliberately and intentionally involving the team, it's going to be far better than if we try to dictate what that's going to look like. Always, right? But especially now. And it might be that you're still going to take an hour a week to meet as a team. Certainly, you should be having your huddles, whether you do them first thing in the morning or last thing at night. You should be having your huddles. But you may want to change the format of that huddle for right now. So these are all the ideas that can come up in a brainstorming session so that you get everybody on board and feeling enthusiastic about it. One of the things that I know for sure is that everything feels worse when you're only thinking about yourself and the impact it's having on you, right? And you can't change it right now. So when you can step outside yourself and be thinking, how can I help? How can I serve? What can I do, right? Thinking bigger. How can I show up on my A-game for all the people who are counting on me? So certainly for the dentist, they have that long list of people who they're taking care of. But for every individual team member, there are people who are counting on you showing up at your A game too. So don't be part of the negativity. Don't add to it. If somebody has to vent, have compassion, empathy, let them. But then what's the next best step forward? I think our leaders need to remember their role is to push to the positive. We can't change anything that happened before. How do we push the positive that's
0: what's going to make the difference oh i look forward to the days when this is just a a blip in the radar when this was just a blip in the radar and we are remembering remember during COVID. remember we did this during COVID. i kind of look forward to those days i don't know if we're going to have a new normal or not but you're right we have to get out of our own heads and start helping other people you know talking to other consultants and speakers like yourself the one thing I've noticed in our community, all of our colleagues have really stepped up and started giving a lot of free education or minimally uh, charging for education. But this is the time to take advantage of all the free webinars that you're seeing. You know that's a good thing to do. But but from our point of view, it is really nice to be focused on doing what we love to do, which is to help. And the more I do it, the better I feel. I mean, because the first couple of days it I was a wreck, and I find that if I I'm not doing something every day, a in that goal, it's easy for me to sit on the couch and watch Netflix and go, oh, woe is me, you know? (laughs) So I I think it's really important, like you said, to to focus on what you're doing for other people, uh, because that's, that's really, I mean, for me, that's my role in this industry for you the same way. And for dentists, you know, you are protecting your team, just like you said. So now I, I wanted to make sure that everybody knew that you have a course online that I think you're doing like the first little mo- first couple modules for free like they can do that for free right is that the way it works can you explain it I have a suite of courses point when you step into thinking all right
1: online learning is the place to go I'm going to do a couple online courses it's interesting to realize just how challenging that can be you know no kid be able to offer the best i could my goal started two years ago my work has really been one-on-one and I'm not going to stop that I love working one-on-one with my clients. But I really did, just like really, dentistry attracts people who want to help and want to serve and want to make a difference, right? And so I felt this real desire to be able to help more people. And what could I do with an online course that would help people to be able to step in affordably to be able to learn some skills that could really build a high performing team, right? Help them with some of those skills. So the course ended up, I've separated it into three. The first course is all on hiring, how to do it so that it takes a lot less time. Like for some people they say, ah, you know, it just takes forever. And they end up saying, oh, we'll just take the best of the bunch. I don't have time for this anymore. Well, I can cut hours and days out of that process for you with the hiring, helping you get centered on how to do it and how to do it efficiently, effectively, and have it more than, you know, more than ever before really find you a good fit. A lot of good people out there. They're not all a good fit, right? The second cost, Courses on onboarding, and it's one of those. I know you have this experience, like so many of us do. We just got thrown into the deep end, you know. (laughs) Just like figure it out, right? Um, We used to call that, you know, sink or swim, right? Most people today will just get out of the pool and go home. Like they're like, nah. If you don't have what I need, I'm not doing this, right? They want to feel a sense of order and an opportunity to to grow. You know, most people just want to know they're growing and doing more. So. I really took onboarding very seriously, but also had, you know, a lighthearted spirit about it. So I love that course because it sets people up in a way that they haven't had before. It helps both the the people who are doing the onboarding, right? Because you feel so much better knowing I've got this system right now. The the forms and the worksheets I use for that, I I like posted them up on the wall. I like them (laughs) so much. I'm like, gosh, I wish I had this when I... I've worked very hard with designers and, and putting them through, but I really do love the format that we offer. But then I provide the support for how to set yourself up and then how to have continuity and sustainability there. And the biggest reaction, because I've used all of these processes with my private clients, the biggest reaction when somebody brings a new person on board is that the existing team are like, well, wait a minute, I didn't get to do that. I want to do that, right? So there's a whole concept that I'm thinking of as like re-onboarding. And maybe now's the time, you know, when you're bringing your team back that you have that opportunity to reset.
0: And that's a great idea. Yeah. Because we you may be dealing with new employees and it's good to have everybody on board that's been there. No, that's great. Yeah,
1: So I think there's a big opportunity there. And then the development course is the third one. And that's how do we create a culture that supports all of this? High-performing individuals that create a high-performing team and culture, and that uh, again, so much fun for me to put together uh, because I took the best of what I've learned and I I jumped into this high-performance coaching uh, with both feet. You know, I've done a lot of my own continuing education to learn how to create this in a way people can step into it. So, the the three courses are up there. You can find them just by getting onto my website. You link in, and when you do you get the first three videos. They're in addition to the course, but they're more of a summary that gives you a sense. I thought it was important for people to kind of get a sense of my teaching style to say, do I like this? Can I do this, right? And it's a a deep dive. So you'll have time for that right now. It's videos and audios and um, exercises and assessments and case studies. And it's also evergreen. It's going to be there for you. So if you have lost a practice manager, you now have a framework right, of what needs to be done and somebody else can step in and learn it. So I'm feeling blessed to know that I finally did. Um, I, I love it. It was well worth all the time and energy and finding the right platform. And so in any way that that can help, I'm very, very grateful.
0: Well, and we'll definitely link it. And I think not just for existing managers and existing practice owners, but you know some of you are still associating and you're planning on stepping out on your own. And I promise you, you're going to think the insurance is the hardest part of being a practice owner. It is not. The hardest part of being a practice owner is your team, not that they'll be difficult, but the whole process. People, people is, it's hard. People is hard. So we have, people are hard. So we have to really be better at being managers. And if you're an associate right now, and you're looking to do that, this is a great time to get on board with that. And I can tell you, I've known Ginny for a long time. She is not like the kind of person that's going to send you a gazillion emails telling you to sign up for her course. That is just not her style. You're not going to get browbeat on that. So I would take advantage of that. Absolutely. Get the free modules, see what it works. Um, the book by itself is priceless. I've given it to so many people. I used to give it out in in seminars. And actually I need a couple more copies whenever you get a chance. So I'm just going to let you know that. <laughs> no, but You know what the hardest part about people is? That they really
1: want, to make a difference. And this is what I have found in decades of doing this, right? When we bring our teams together, we often have, doctors will say to me, I don't know if I have the right team, it's just not working. 95% of the time, they've got the right team, but they all have their own idea of the best way to get to where we want to go. So we have all these people trying really hard, but they're banging into each other every which way. You know, they're just—they're just, they're not following the same plan. So my HR GPS is like, okay, here's the map. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, like, let's all get on the same page and listen. You know, when we can bring everybody on the same page, and you get that brain power, that passion, that desire to make a difference, whoosh,
0: there it is—you blow it. So yeah. And you can feel so proud of yourself as a manager, as a leader, and that, you know, I I remember we've had fantastic teams as when I, in my past life as a manager, we've had fantastic teams and we've had really crappy teams, to be honest. And knowing what the taste of a fantastic team was, that was my GPS in a way. That was my, I was trying to find my way back to that feeling of having a great team. I remember when you named the course HR GPS and I just thought, wow, that's perfect because you know, first of all, nobody knows what they're doing as far as direction on team and you're giving them that. So I I think that's fantastic. It's been an hour. I knew it was going to go this way without us even realizing it. So any last thoughts before we sign off? Well, I think I would just ask everybody to take a deep breath
1: and realize we will get through this and we'll get through it better when we do it together. So go back to how do we protect? How do we connect? How do we focus and feel as though we build our sense of resilience so we come back stronger than ever? And remember to balance it, right? Have your morning huddle, balance it out. Know that you're stepping into all the areas that are going to fill you up because the world needs us. The world needs our dentists and our dental teams. And we all know that when we do it right, it's about so much more than fixing teeth. You know, we really do change lives in the work we do and so that's going to be there that's not going away if some of the people who are with you now go away we'll find others so we will get the stability back we will get the growth back and we just have to focus on that and trust in the process here you know we can't control it all so realize what we can control work on that i think we'll all be fine
0: so again, you have calmed me down. You have given me my zen. I'm not kidding, people. This is why I call her, because she makes me feel calm. All that grace that she's got just calms me down. So I am going to go have a morning huddle with Griffin, and we're going to talk about what to do today, and it's going to be, you know, scratches at one, oh, eat best, it. Their know.
1: dogs just, they're the best partners. They think we're brilliant, right? <laughs> Oh yeah.
0: Could you imagine if audience members had tails, like you would know whether or not it's working? (laughs) Sorry. Okay. I totally went off topic. Okay. (laughs) It happens, right? So, okay. So Jenny, thank you so much uh, for taking the time to be on here and we'll do this again for sure, because I know where to find you. So we'll do this again. (laughs) And I will link all of the information on uh, the show notes, everything that we've talked about and Uh, definitely check her out. Her course, definitely check out her book and keep an eye out for her on the lecture circuit. Or if you need somebody to come help you, I mean, I obviously you guys know we're good friends, but I wouldn't hesitate to recommend her at all for that. So with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up. Thanks, Jenny. It was my pleasure. Thank you very much. Absolutely. So until the next time that we talk, as always, I'm super grateful that you take the time to spend your day with me. Subscribe to this podcast so you'll get our next candid discussion. Visit Teresa's website, odysseymgmt.com. That's odysseymgmt.com for more information on Teresa's courses, books, and speaking schedule. Subscribe to her newsletter while you're there. Don't say we didn't tell you that.